Good evening and welcome to Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5. This is the show that talks about everything educationally related in our Nevada County Schools. I'm your host, Scott Lay, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools. Uh, tonight, I don't have my co-host, Kimberly Ewing, with me. She is actually on a training uh, on the East Coast, so uh, we'll welcome her back in the following show. Tonight, we're going to talk with the new superintendent of the Union Hill School District and then jump into the ever-changing topic of what schools may look like when we open in August. So to start us off, I'd like to welcome Andy Parsons to the show. Andy, welcome. Glad you're with us. Thank you, Superintendent Lay. Good evening. It's nice to be here today. Yes, it, it is. And it's a, certainly a strange time to, uh, to be in education, that's uh, for sure. But um, before we get into that, that topic, I, I want to give the viewers just kind of a, a little uh, background on yourself and you know, how you ended up here at Union Hill. So kind of educationally, where your, uh, your career path, how it's brought you here to Nevada County. Absolutely. I've been in education about 23 years. Um, started off as a teacher um, in Contra Costa County, assistant principal and principal of a comprehensive high school with about 2,300 kids. I did that for about nine years. And then I moved to San Mateo where I was associate superintendent of instructional services for four years. And then I was in the Sacramento region most recently for the last four years as assistant superintendent of educational services. And um, I used to bring my family up here um, all the time to camp and uh, to come to the different activities around Christmas and we fell in love with the area. And so my wife, Kathleen and I moved up here um, about four years ago. Uh, we live in Nevada City, Grass Valley area and um, we just love it up here. And so I've been commuting for the past uh, four years down to Sacramento, um, which was getting rather tiresome. No, but I know. And then when I saw this posting and looked into Union Hill, I fell in love with it. Um, because we have um, a family-like atmosphere with our staff, our students, our parents. And um, to actually be in a district with um, a little over 700 people where I can actually get to know the students and the parents um, is just a phenomenal opportunity. So um, I'm very excited to be here, including it's a nine-minute drive from my house um, instead of 90 minutes. Um, one way. So um, it is really nice to be here because I've been wanting to serve the families and students um, in the community that I work, um, or that I live, sorry. So it's just really nice to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and a nine-minute commute sure beats about an hour with, uh, in traffic. So, well, so well, we're glad you're up here. You know, as you mentioned, you know, you have a lot of educational services background, and I don't think a lot of people out there know what, what that entails, but really that is the bulk of what goes on in a classroom. It's not the money side, but it is curriculum. So you want to speak a little to that. I mean, you've probably done a little bit of everything when it comes to curriculum in the classroom. Absolutely. They, um, educational services covers um, special education services. It covers, um, as you mentioned in the classroom itself, a differentiation of instruction and coaching teachers and coaching principals. For example, down in um, Sacramento, um, I oversaw 10 different schools that, and I did most of the time I coached our principals in how to support teachers in the classroom, how to support our students with disabilities, our English language learners, um, our gate students. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, it's the gamut. Um, right. And I was um, on the negotiations team for the past 
um, about 15 years with both the classified and certificated uh, because that is our goal, obviously, our mission in education is to educate kids. So educational services is basically everything, um, including business, because especially in the world of LCFF and the LCAP, since mm -hmm. it's shifted um, years ago to be the focus on educating kids, and then business comes in and says, okay, what do you need um, right. in order to accomplish this? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two two have been tied together much more with the local control funding form. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a uh, it's an it's an exciting time to be in education, as you said during your um, intro as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, and kind of touching on that. I mean, uh, you know, in, in our county, we have two new superintendents who've come in, and and uh, four others with one year experience or less. And I was just thinking, what a time to come in in unprecedented times where, you know, the, you haven't even had time to meet your staff yet because people are still working from home. Um, how does it feel right now, given everything around us? And did you have any second thoughts of like, hey, rip that contract up, you know? <laughs> um, I have had absolutely no second thoughts. That's good. Uh, in joining uh, the Union Hill family. Um, I also am, I'm not the type of leader to ever think that the sky is falling. Um, I believe in the change process, and this is just one more change that we have to navigate through. Um, obviously, our, our focus is to make sure that we have a, a safe educational environment for our staff, kids, and students um, coming back. But you're right, it has been surreal because I'm sitting in my office and I have, I've met some staff members, mm -hmm. but I've not met our kids, I haven't met our families, um, and I haven't met the bulk of the staff. So. It, that has been really um, an interesting, um, it's an interesting time. Um, I have worked very closely with our board and um, I think our board is great. They're very, um, they're, they're, very, they're synchronized, they're aligned with their thinking. And mm -hmm. so that is, that is really great. As well as our, um, the principal down at our school, um, Joe, he's been phenomenal. So I'm, I'm really excited. Everyone has welcomed me and I'm excited to, be able to contribute where I can with my past experiences. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's crazy that you know coming to your school with you know over seven hundred there, and you've got a solid principal and Joe Lamo. He's been he's been in our county for years. He does a fantastic job, and your and the board there at Union Hill is is is, is always been a sound, solid board, keeping kids' interests uh, in the forefront of every decision they uh, they make. But yeah, interesting, interesting time. So you know, most of us have a, an educational philosophy, and, and I don't know if some of us have. have I've changed that philosophy a little bit uh, since March, but uh, uh, kind of thinking about yours, if you have it, and, and what is it? Um, over the last 23 years, I, for me, education is about equity. Um, mm -hmm. Sure that all students, um, regardless of their backgrounds, um, regardless of anything about the student, it is our responsibility and it's a moral imperative that we treat all students the same and that we provide the opportunities for all students to be successful. Um, with my high school background, um, it has been a fascinating experience working in Unified School District down in Sacramento, and then here supporting K through eight, because I know what skills um, and knowledge the students need in their secondary career. And so I approach all the programs that we're doing, because we're looking at doing positive behavior intervention supports, which is called PBIS, 
We're talking about universal design for learning, which has to do with setting up classrooms in an equitable fashion. Um, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to come to Union Hill is because we are in Nevada County at the forefront of some of those initiatives that really right. puts equity for kids first. Yeah. Um, so that's my philosophy. That, that, no, that's a good philosophy. It's always, I think it's the mission, the reason all of us got into this job, our, our kids first, had a love for education, a love for educating our, our youth in the most positive way uh, we could imagine. Um, and one of the things I know we throw out in our world a lot of uh, jargon and terminology that's just everyday talk, everyday speak to us, but listeners may, may go, what, what is that? And unified districts, you know, they may wonder, what is a unified district versus an elementary district or a high school district? Can you kind of enlighten our viewers what that is, what a unified district means? Um, thank you for saying that, because I know when uh, my friends hear this, they're going to say, uh, you're using too much educational jargon. And <laughs> sometimes we're so used to talking like that. We but are. Basically, an elementary um, district, by and large, is transitional kindergarten through eighth grade. There are other districts that go transitional kindergarten to fifth grade as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the, a unified district is when you have transitional kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, and that is what I just came from is a unified district. So you can really support kids from grade level to grade level until they gra graduate from high school. Um, so I intend on working with a Nevada joint very closely mm -hmm. off the phone with the superintendent because it's important that we collaborate as well um, in order to make sure that the opportunities we provide are aligned to the high school district as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the difference with that. Good. Thanks for learning that. And it's absolutely yeah, critical. I think, uh, you know, even though we have nine districts in our county and, and five independent charters, behind the scenes, there is so much collaboration with our, our mainstream high school district and then our two um, charter high schools uh, to make sure our kids are prepared once they leave eighth grade to step into that ninth grade world. Um, so that's and I great. am excited that you started um, a task force where I could get to know the directors of the charter schools. Um, so that I can, because you're right, some kids are going to end up going to the charters. Mm -hmm. and so I really want to work closely with the directors as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been good for all of us to, to make sure everybody knows everybody as we move forward. So, you know, as you, as you do move forward and you're, you've officially started your contract, I know, you know, officially it usually starts July 1, but uh, I, I know you started well before that, given this world and your transition coming in. Most, uh, most people come in kind of with that 100-day plan we hear a lot about and what they hope to achieve. And, um, and if you have a 100-day plan, um, you know, probably one of them to meet your people actually in person would be exciting. Uh, but um, what, you know, what would your 100-day uh, plan include if you have one? I think it's interesting because um, during normal times, absolutely, I got a very, um, a very succinct 100-day plan. What's going on right now in education mm -hmm. is I need to be very comfortable with ambiguity and mm -hmm. to be flexible. Um, but my first, and I've been on the phone with parents that email me with a lot of concerns. Um, my first uh, point of order is to create relationships. Everything in education has to do with relationships. So I'm excited to get to know uh, the teachers and the families in doing that. And as you know, we're, we're opening school in, um, at this point, as of today, we are looking at opening in a hybrid model. Um, in order to provide um, a healthy environment for our staff and our students. And obviously that could change um, before our opening day is August 18th. 
So that may change before then. But right now we are providing, we will be providing professional learning for our staff, um, a lot of communications with our parents. And so as far as the 100 day plan goes, it's going to be developing relationships and building on the strengths that um, I've talked about so far about Union Hill, um, because there are so many strengths um, that they've already started with the previous superintendent and with the leadership of um, our principal that um, I'm looking to strengthen the programs. Now, obviously, because of um, COVID and a lot of the changes that we're doing, it, a lot of things may alter. And regardless of the model we open with, um, or if it's distance learning or on campus, still the number one thing is creating relationships with all of my constituents. Um, getting them to know who I am, um, as you said previously, what my philosophy of education is. And I am so excited to get to know the kids um, because that's why we're here. And I just haven't had a chance to get to know any of the kids yet, <laughs> except for our preschool program that is currently happening up here at Union Hill. So right. I've been over there getting my kid fix right now and uh, sitting down with the kids over there as well. Right. Uh, I, I think that's a great philosophy and moving forward. And as you mentioned, I think flexible has moved to the forefront of all of our, uh, all of our plans and all our philosophies and, uh, and sometimes it's so difficult because parents want to know. And, and in the past, they've known exactly what school is going to look like, when it was starting, what they were doing with their kids. And this is the first year, really ever, that um, we don't know. And, and I know it's very frustrating for them and very frustrating for us. So flexibility is key. Now you mentioned, you know, you open the door, Andy, so I'm going to, I'm going to go walk right in that door of what school is going to look like. So, you know, and, I, and I'll preface that with, um, you know, all schools have a plan as of, as of today, July 16th. Uh, that's when we pre-record this show. Um, and we know that plan can change as, as people are watching what's going on in Sac County with saying we're going all distance learning in other counties around the state. Um, we have a plan. So, so what is, uh, what is the Union Hills uh, plan look like right now, July 16th, the house school is going to look like when you return? Right now, and this is before I negotiate with our bargaining units, um, but as of right now, it is um, TK through third grade. We are going to bring um, on our campus Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday in two different sessions. There'll be an AM session and a PM session. Mm -hmm. um, all students will be socially distanced, of course. Um, and then for our fourth through eighth um, grade students, we will be having two different cohorts. One will attend on Monday and Tuesday. The B cohort will meet on Thursday and Friday. However, instructional minutes and instructional days are critical. So we will also be doing uh, virtual learning um, for our AB, our AB cohorts. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be doing like synchronistic learning, which means live learning, um, as well as asynchronistic learning, which is basically Google Classroom and things of that nature where they will get assignments. I need to preface that when this happened in March and we closed down our schools, um, all of us were scrambling to support our students and support our staff. Yes. And so the distance learning that we did in the spring will not look the same as we do, as we now plan for it going forward. It will be right. much more standards aligned. It will be much more um, standards aligned assessments and project-based learning and a lot of those things that we would normally do in person learning. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to point that out that it's, and I'm sure that I've had emails and a lot of parents 
said, you know, it was so difficult for us right. to do that. It's not going to look the same. And our right. teachers are going to have professional learning about what are best practices in a distance learning format. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's key that we get our students back to school as much as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what our philosophy is right now. Yeah, and I think that's a great distinction you made about what distance learning looked like and what it will look like. As you said, we, we quickly transitioned to that um, when, when we learned lessons where different you know, teachers in the same grade level from the same school district weren't doing the same thing. They were on different platforms. Everybody did the best they could. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think it was uh, the assistant superintendent for the Nevada Joint Union High School District coined it in, in a very appropriate term. He called it emergency distance learning, and I like that. That uh, because that's exactly what it was and what we're looking at coming back should be very different, much more robust uh, with that. So, well, before we uh, kind of j jump in after our break with uh, helping our viewers, what the world may look like in August for, for the other school districts and what the stressors are driving this, um, the question I get asked a lot, and, and you may have already, or I'm sure it's coming up, uh, is with Union Hill School District, it's a bit unique. Chicago Park is a has a mini version of this, uh, that it's both a traditional and a charter school at the same time. And people sometimes are still under the misnomer that uh, a charter school is not public. And a, a charter school, it, there are public charter schools, and the ones in Nevada County, they are. Um, so could you tell our listener, what does that mean, you know, to be a traditional and a charter school at the same time, and how you're a little bit different? That's a different great, in a good way, I should say. Not different in a bad way, but different in a good way. <laughs> that's a great question. And because of my longevity here of two weeks, right. I'll, I'll tell you what I have discovered. <laughs> um, basically, our TK through um, sixth grade is a designated charter. Um, seventh um, and eighth grade is not a charter. Um, it is a um, dependent charter, which means... Um, it is under the auspice and governing board of our board. And so when I look at our charter, it is more about, um, and if you look at our attendance boundaries, for example, we are kind of like a donut hole. I think you're the one who gave me that phrase. Right. But everyone around us is Grass Valley um, School District. And so what a charter allows us to do is um, families from outside our attendance boundaries can fill out an application to come to our school. So they don't have to live in our boundaries. In fact, 60% of our kids um, are living outside of our boundaries and 40% live in our boundaries. But practically speaking, as far as curriculum and instruction, behavioral, social, emotional, it is a traditional school. And so I, I look at our school as a TK through eight, um, even though the lower grades up to sixth grade is a charter. It's a traditional school and they follow the same guidance as far as curriculum instruction um, that um, our, our seventh and eighth grade students have. So it's, so in practical terms, it is a TK through eight school. Um, when you're dealing with attendance and there are some ed code variations that I, I won't bore your audience with that right now, <laughs> um, but there are some um, changes, but for the sake of discussion, it is a K-8 school. Right, right, yeah, because I think if you, if you walk on campus, you're not gonna know, you know, oh, this side of the school, it's, it's a charter, this is a traditional school, it's a seamless transition. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no difference, yeah, well, well good. And um, 
So thank you for helping clear that up because that is certainly a question that, that, that we do get in the county uh, with that. So uh, with that, I think we're gonna take a quick station break here and we'll be right back in a minute. We'd like to welcome you back to uh, Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5. Tonight, my guest is Andy Parsons, the new superintendent of the Union Hill School District. And we've been learning a little bit about, uh, about Andy's philosophy, his first 100 days, what an exciting time it is to come into uh, the superintendency in the pandemic world. Um, and I uh, got an idea of what the plans are at this point in time for Union Hill School in August. And... Uh, and with that second half of the show, I'd like to talk a little bit about that on a countywide. And Andy's going to kind of jump in with me on it because he's been part of uh, you know, several meetings on this. Um, and we'll kind of speak to our community. Because I know, as I'm sure he's getting emails, the other superintendents, charter schools are getting emails, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and so I want to try to get some facts out there to everybody and, and, and try to have people realize why there's not a firm decision, you know, that you, you can take to the bank today. It's just, it's, it's, the world is not happening right now. Um, so with that, you know, this is an amazingly fluid situation. As we've said, I don't think Andy's ever faced anything with like this. I've been in education for 29 years. I've never seen anything like this. Um, we are getting data and guidance from the state and the federal levels that is constantly changing and sometimes running opposed to each other. That can be very difficult. Um, so as of July 16th, when we're pre-recording the show, this is what we know right now. And I keep prefacing July 16th because if, viewers, if you, you think back for a week ago, uh, things have changed dramatically on what's happening in California. So first of all, uh, you know, right now, and, and as uh, Andy's brought up here, we want nothing better than to open the schools as we've done in the past. We would love to have a normal school year. That's not happening right now because of the current pandemic. And our main goal, um, as Andy has said as well, is we want to open as much as we can in terms of daily student contact. Uh, we want to do it in a manner that is safe for our students, staff, families, and the community as a whole, because at, at what we do in schools impacts everything in the community. And we're one of the largest gathering spots of people. And if something were to break out, it could spread very quickly into the community from our school. So we're working on mitigation procedures, social distancing procedures. Uh, Andy, you've probably, I don't know how many emails you've probably responded to and questions. Everybody's trying to sell you something, I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the vendors are definitely out there right now. They are. And sometimes what they're trying to sell you is something that is really not approved by the EPA or things. So we have to even look to see, is it even safe for kids? You know, we're not, we don't want any spray going into classrooms to sanitize them if it's not been completely vetted and proved without a shadow of a doubt that it's safe. It's just not going to happen. Um, so what we've been doing, and Andy's part of this team, is uh, we meet once a week with all the school leaders. That includes charter directors, school superintendents, assistant superintendents, public health representatives, and our nurses to see how we can achieve the goal of opening up as fully as we possibly can. And that has really flexed over the summer. At the beginning of the summer, we were moving more in our hopes of looking at five days. Um, 
as we have traveled throughout the summer, we are heading in, in the opposite direction, to be bluntly honest with the audience. Um, you're seeing what's happened in Sacramento County with them going to all distance learning, San Diego, all distance learning, LA, all distance learning. Uh, Stanislaus County has gone to distance learning to start the school year off. You're seeing that happen. Uh, we're not jumping on that bandwagon right now, but we're, we're very careful. We're watching the situation again with safety of everybody in mind. And, and I can't thank our health department enough. And Andy, I think you'd echo that sentiment that Jill Blake from our health department has been absolutely fantastic, hasn't she? Absolutely. Yeah, she, she's there to answer all of our questions, no matter how many times we ask them, no matter how many different ways we ask them. Um, and, and she's looking, you know, for example, with high school, how, how could we try to bring conditioning sports back and what can we do for the fall? And, and that whole department is trying to find safe workarounds and, and sometimes their hands are tied and they can't. So, you know, guidelines that Union Hill uses and all of us uh, as well is number one, we follow the California Department of Public Health. Then beneath that is our local Nevada County Public Health Guidelines. And as, as many people know, there are many other guiding documents. You know, we have California Department of Education, Center for Disease Control, to name just a few. Um, and as many of our viewers may have read themselves, many guides or positions from professional organizations have taken opposing stances on the safety of reopening our schools. And that really muddies the water for us. And, and these are not uh, sketchy organizations. These are very professional organizations, highly respected. And that's, that's difficult. Because again, we are trying to do the best we can. So, so right now, here's what we know is driving our decisions at this point in, in kind of, you know, simple terms. Um, COVID-19 cases, they're exploding in our state and they are increasing rapidly in our county. I know last night we were at, uh, what, 180, Andy, I think we were. I believe so, yes. Yeah, we're probably going to be beyond that today. Uh, and we don't, the role of school children in terms of contracting and spreading the virus is truly unknown because we had closed down before we could get any real hard data in the spring. Data from other parts of the world that we're getting in is highly contradictory. One country says, yes, children spread the virus. Other countries, no, they don't spread the virus. So again, no consistency there. Uh, the number of parents who are concerned about sending their students to school before a vaccine available has grown dramatically over the past week. We have seen a big influx of emails and calls with, with great concern uh, which means more staff time will need to be devoted to distance learning. Um, hence the reason Wednesdays right now are, are a day devoted in our schools to distance learning. You know, we are moving past the 30% mark in a lot of districts of wanting distance learning for the fall. Masks, another big flashpoint in our county and in our society about what to do in our schools. And will masks be required or recommended when students return to the classroom and ride buses? And we don't have definitive answers on that yet. Um, so that we need that. We need that help. We need that guidance. No, none of us like wearing a mask. I don't think anybody who's worn one likes a mask. They're highly uncomfortable. Um, and then labor units, they're becoming more anxious uh, about returning to the classroom, to be quite honest right now. And that's part of the negotiations Andy spoke to is they're watching the news. They're seeing the increase in spike and, and, uh, and, and their daily contact will go up exponentially when school starts by seeing students. Um, with that, with the, the, mean, the end of the means of opening fully, uh, our interim public health officer, Dr. Johnson and myself put out a public health guided return to site-based classroom instruction on July 15th. It was designed to help schools return students to the classroom. Um, and with that, as Andy mentioned, we, you know, he had his plan for Union Hill that's similar. People are looking at two to four days, depending on what school it is um, and, and what some stressors that are 
are in their local communities. Um, and, you know, as we in, get to the end of the show here, I would, I would ask our parents, you know, be in contact with your school districts. A lot are holding town hall meetings, sending out, um, sending out information as soon as it becomes available to their community, to their parents. So stay in contact with them. They'll let you know. We're probably not going to truly know what school is going to look like until August 1st, and we know that's incredibly late. Um, but that's kind of where we are now. That's not even to mention the economic situation with the budget going on in Sacramento and how that may change. We're hearing rumors of, a, of amendments to the budget now in Sacramento by the legislature. Uh, so those are the stressors going on. Um, but people like Andy are, are leading the way on that. And, and we're trying to do what's best for all Nevada County with the, the priority of keeping everybody safe. And, uh, and with that, um, and with that, uh, I'm going to close. I want to thank Andy Parsons, the new superintendent of Union Hill School District. Andy, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, Scott, for having me. Appreciate it. And I wish all of you a good evening and to stay safe out there. Take care. Mm -hmm.